It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Welcome, everybody, to the Synergy Connection Show, where we connect the dots between our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual selves. And if nothing else, 2020 has taught all of us the importance of being physically healthy and keeping our immune system strong and our inflammation level low. And Boomers Forever Young has health and wellness products that can help you do that very thing. So if you go to my website, www.synergyconnectionradio.com and you click on the Boomer link that's there, you can read about and listen to a lot of information on all of their products. The one product that I particularly like to tell people about is the Gladiator Barley. And it is a sprout, Um, it's not a grain. And so when it's harvested in Canada, um, it has all the potency that you need to keep your toxin levels down and uh, you're gonna be building uh, your muscles up again, Uh, you're going to be reducing inflammation and there's some wonderful uh, videos and information about this particular product on their website Um, it also is going to allow you to have what i refer to as peak performance during the daytime hours so you're going to have more stamina and more energy Um, but also for those of you who work at night or have an active love life it's going to give you more stamina then And so I think that's pretty cool. It is gluten-free because it is a sprout. So anybody that's listening to the show right now and thinking, well, I can't use barley, that's not the case. You'll be able to use gladiator barley. So um, having said that, I have a returning guest um, that I haven't had on for a while, and that's Bob Gilpatrick. And Bob has had a long career in both senior health and business. And it allowed him to find a partnership um, with a colleague, and then they created Boomers Forever Young. And it's about 10 years old, isn't it, Bob? Yes, exactly 10 years old. Exactly 10, okay. And I guess I would refer to Boomers as a holistic health company um, that uh, provides world-class nutrition. I have used the products for years now myself, and I know my immune system is in the top numbers, uh, you want it above 70. I know mine is 82. And uh, my um, C-reactive protein, which is an indicator of your uh, inflammation in your body, which is where all disease basically starts. Mine is a 0.3 and you want it below one. So I think your products are working pretty well for me, (laughs) which is a good thing. Um, But uh, today we're gonna be talking about how to install a new mindset. And, um, you know, a lot of it um, in today's world, with all the stress that's coming from all the different angles that we have stress coming from, I think it's important to recognize what we're doing with the conversations that we have inside of our heads. And that is basically where we're going to go today for this program. So I'm going to pitch it over to you, Bob, and where would you like to start? Well, this is, you know, we're talking here, Lucy, on the, on the, uh, the middle of February in 2021, just coming off of the infamous year of 2020, when I think, (laughs) um, 
for society in general, this has been the most stressful year that collectively we've been through. There have been other, other years, such as when 9-11 happened, when particular mm -hmm. groups of people were even more highly affected. But in terms of the total number of, of people, I think 2020 was the worst year. And it was also uh, fraught with fear of fear of people getting sick, fear of people dying, fear of people losing their job, not being able to support their family. And it created an intense amount of anxiety throughout the society. And you also had probably the most contentious presidential election of my lifetime mm -hmm. anyway that happened at the same time which created even further intensity of the anxiety and so this is a time right now where we still have that residual going on and for some people it's just as bad as it ever was and so this is a really good time to talk about managing your mindset because most people are going to be affected to some degree by this type of stressful environment, but some people are affected way worse than others because of tendencies that they have and the level of skill that they have in recognizing their state of mind, their emotional state, their connection to their God and recognizing it maybe a little faster, a little better than others and then having techniques to reset their mind, to put the past behind them and you know, live from this joyful anticipation of the future. And so hopefully by the end of today, we will have people learn some new skills and have new encouragement and new optimism for their capabilities to manage their own, their own mindset better than they mm -hmm. could before watching. So that'll be today's goal. <laughs> I think that's an awesome goal, really. Um, the majority of people that I have seen as a professional therapist over more than 35 years, you know, I referred to my original clients back in Green Bay, Wisconsin, as the walking wounded, because they functioned, you know, they were out there, they had jobs, they, um, you know, for the most part were performing on a daily basis at an above level area. So that, you know, they might be attorneys. They, a couple of them were judges, some were ministers, some were professional athletes, but they went to work, whatever their job was and went home. And, you know, unless alcoholism or drug addiction had entered the picture, they were functioning, but they knew that their mind was really playing some tricks on them and causing them to be unhappy or anxious or feeling, you know, highly um, stressful, you know, in their lives. And so that is what prompted them, you know, to uh, walk through the yellow pages or, you know, talk to somebody who said, you need to go talk to this person. And I, so part of what um, I was seeing at least is that if you gave them the right tools, you know, and like you're calming, the um, emotional freedom technique or the calming mind exercises, if you gave them a tool that they could apply in their lives, then their lives improved. And I'm sure you have seen that over and over again. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's important for people to realize if, if they haven't read about this before or heard about it, you know, a lot of what constitutes our mindset at any given moment is our collection of beliefs. What do we believe about ourselves, about the people around us that are close to us, about society in general? And those beliefs are tend to be constantly reinforced. They're beliefs you created over time. And then you tend to screen things screen for things that reinforce your beliefs. And so what you want to do is get into a shift where you recognize that beliefs are important, but they can always be improved upon and they can always be changed if they are limiting beliefs. And so people have to next see the, uh, the, the types of filters that you have. One is you tend to delete information that is right there in front of your face. You'll just discount it because it doesn't match with your current belief or you'll distort it by creating a paired association. And um, will you say, well, things in general are really awful. So this thing that's happening right now that therefore it must be awful. And this is also part of the generalization aspect. So you say, oh, well, this happened. It's just like that right? And it might not be the case. And this comes into play when people have opinions about others. And they'd say, well, this, this person is bad, mm -hmm. right? And so no matter what, anything that that person does is suspect. So it's like, it must be what they're doing looks like it's good, but because they're a bad person, that must be a bad thing that they're doing. And it's being disguised as something good. Wow. Right. And so that's that's not healthy because people change and improve all the time. Right. So look at, you know, St. Paul, look at Byron Katie, right, who became a very famous loving therapist who wrote books about love and compassion. But earlier in her life was a shrew. But she had a huge revelation and became a world renowned therapist promoting love and compassion. Mm -hmm. And so people that knew Byron Katie went before she had her revelation might generalize and characterize anything she was doing as also bad, but somehow being disguised. Where in fact, you know, people, many people only met Byron Katie after her revelation and have a readiness to believe that everything she does is good. <laughs> Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And, and so you want to have an open mind because people do change. Even the most evil of people can receive a spirit attachment extrication and become good. Right? Mm -hmm. And so th this is where you want to stand guard at the door of your own mind, where you're standing guard uh, against your filters that are deleting, distorting, and generalizing information. And so one of the best techniques for doing that is first to know about it and observe yourself doing these things and then catch yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you can change it using the emotional freedom technique or tapping. And tapping works really well to help change beliefs. Beliefs are are like, um, it, it is like a radio. 
it's there's a particular station that's playing and the radio's plugged in and it's turned on and there's a radio station playing okay but if you unplug the radio that stops playing uh -huh. right? and if you then take a different radio that's tuned to a different station and plug it into the spot where the other radio was plugged into you're now playing a whole new station with a different kind of music or talk or opinions uh -huh. and your mind works the same way there there are spots in your brain where your beliefs are harbored and they have signatures they have quantum wave signatures that are associated with them and they're also powered by your life force energy your chi that's flowing through your acupuncture meridians and so the chi is like the the plugged in and the quantum wave is like the turned off right and you can you can manipulate the quantum waves and create quantum interference patterns to a belief you no longer want using a technique called the healing codes but to actually unplug that belief so you now have that outlet free to plug a new belief into you need to use the emotional freedom technique and so also called tapping you're tapping on the tips of your fingers so if you take the middle finger of your right hand and tap on your left thumbnail on the side of the nail tap about five times and then move to your index finger and tap on the side of your nail you're going to tap about five times on each finger and what this is doing is it's activating your meridian system and it's waking it up saying we're about to do some work here we're about to change some things and then as you're tapping you can repeat a phrase so if you if you have um, a belief that's limiting you say it's a belief about money and you also have a belief that you're never going to be happy until you have enough money okay so you could tap on that belief and and you could tap on the fingertips and say even though up until now i thought i had to continue to believe that i could never be happy until i had enough money i completely love and accept myself and i'm so grateful now that i realize happiness is a state of mind it can be created in many different ways i'm feeling very happy right now and i have a joyful anticipation of the future and i'm feeling at complete peace so this type of languaging is highly semantic and highly charged but but just by starting by saying even though up until now i mm -hmm. thought i had to believe okay and so this is drawing a line in the sand and your right. brain is eavesdropping your subconscious mind is eavesdropping on your words and while you're tapping your meridian system is activated and so what what happens at the end of the day is the thread of chi that's powering the belief that you can only be happy when you have enough money gets pulled out of that belief it dangles for a minute while you create your affirmation and that thread of chi plugs into the new belief and that's why people can make instantaneous changes in in their behavior in their emotional states and people can measure this very quickly by asking themselves you know at the beginning on a scale of one to ten with ten being really bad and one just a little bit bad where do i feel about this issue you know identify the number it'll come to you and then 
after you've done this tapping exercise, you ask yourself again what the number is. And it, and it always is lower. Sometimes it goes to zero right away within just a couple of minutes. And the person now has emotional freedom around that issue. So this is a very powerful way to get right at your, your core beliefs that are holding you back. So you might have a lot of beliefs that you really like that are very empowering for you and you wanna keep those. But usually tapping is done in relation to beliefs that you wanna modify. Right, now, one of the things that I think I would add to that is that the majority of people I have worked with at least, um, they need to do this on a fairly regular basis for a while because uh, certain things will trigger. So if you have a stressful job, for instance, then you know every time you go to work, there might be that mindset that sort of says, okay, I really hate my job. And so, you know, now you walk in the door and you have that, that's your limiting belief, right? Mm -hmm. And so then maybe when they sit down at their desk, one of the first things they want to do is to do that little tapping routine, even though in the past I thought I hated my job. I -hmm. now can see that there are benefits or I now recognize that there are certain things about my job that I do like. And so they can begin to little by little by little change that belief system that might have been embedded for years in their way of thinking. Yeah. And, and aspects of it will come up also, Lucy. So if you tap on, you know, the issue related to your job, Mm -hmm. what will happen is if you sit quietly and ask, you know, what else is there about this? Okay. Perhaps something comes up regarding your self-esteem. Right. right. So because maybe there's someone at work who's a superior that is constantly, you know, after you. Right. right? right. And so it's like, so I don't feel valuable because of this. Right. Right. And so you can tap on that. Mm-hmm. Even though up until now, I thought I had to continue to feel devalued because so-and-so says X, Y, and Z. Right. I completely love and accept myself and right. keep and keep going. And then something else might come up. It may be that this whole thing is associated with you not feeling valued when you were seven years old, because that's when, you know, you weren't doing so well in school and your uh-huh. mom was disappointed uh-huh. and your teacher didn't like you. Right. right. So, so I you, think those you go back to that. Roots. <laughs> Is basically, you know, and you have to keep uh, going back and finding the root of maybe that limiting belief or the reason that you're kind of feeling the way you are. So um, that's very true because a a lot of times the job has nothing to do with any of it or the relationship has nothing to do, but it might Mm -hmm. be the belief that I'm never measuring up. I can never do it good enough. Right. And the job is reminding you of that because Mm -hmm. a similar um, type of, um, issue is going on that created the original belief way back when you were six or seven years old. Right. And so many times, I mean, you know, you've talked to people and certainly I have where it was when they started school, they were superheroes, maybe at home. And when they started school and they were all over the place because their mind was creative and active and, 
you know, now the teacher wants everybody to sit and behave themselves while she teaches. Um, you know, at that point, you become labeled. Maybe it's the hyperactive kid. Maybe it's the one that always goes to the principal's office. Maybe it's the one what, you know, your parents are called on a regular basis for consultations, um, you know, because I've worked in the school systems. And so then these kids that thought they were so special now become, you know, the difficult child. And yeah. they believe that. And it's funny, I ran into a person a couple of days ago uh, at uh, a park where um, I actually installed a little library. Uh, some friends, we all put this little library there. And I don't know if you know what those are, but there are mm -hmm. places where people can go drop off a book or take a book, but uh, it's meant to increase uh, literacy and yeah. provide books and material for people that might not be able to get it otherwise. So anyways, this guy was there and uh, kind of a long story short, after a little bit of conversation, I asked him if he knew somebody and he said, oh, he said, that's my father, which really surprised me. And then he said, yeah, I'm the black sheep of the family. So his limiting belief was because he didn't measure up in his family, he decided he was the black sheep and he was never going to be able to rise above that uh, because that's just who he was. And I asked him where he got that idea. And he said, oh, he said, there are just a lot of things that I did. And so he probably had different things throughout his lifetime up until now, where maybe the choices were such that his family didn't accept those choices. Yeah. And, you know, it could have been something like, you know, he dropped out of three different colleges, you mm -hmm. know, and all of his other siblings graduated and got great jobs. And he ended up, you know, doing something that was way below his potential, according right. to his family, right? So he's the kind of person that could tap on that right. to free himself from that. Exactly. It's a, you know, even though up until now, I thought I had to continue to feel like a black sheep because I dropped out of college three times, I completely love and accept myself. And I'm so grateful now that I realize I'm a full grown man. I get to make all of my own choices. I'm no longer living from memories of the past, but rather a joyful anticipation of the future. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling that complete peace. Right. right. And so something like that, if he tapped on it every day for a week or two, it would literally change his life. Right. A lot of people refer to that as rewriting your story or your narrative and uh, deciding that you hold the key to whether you step out of that lifestyle and that type of thinking, you know, mm -hmm. into something that might be better for you, certainly happier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think this brings us a little bit, Lucy, to the whole issue of relationships and social support. So some people have very little social support and it has a dramatic negative effect on their health mm -hmm. and they say now from the studies they've done that a lack of social support is more important than you, than your physical health meaning your whether or not you are overweight or obese mm -hmm. and it's also more important even than smoking so if you're a smoker and you're overweight Definitely, you're going to reduce your health span. Mm -hmm. But if you have no social support, 
it's reduced even more, even if you don't smoke or if you're overweight. Right. And a lot of times people don't have social support because they are poor communicators. Mm -hmm. And so other people don't want to be around them or because they have a belief that they're a poor communicator or that no one will like them, then they shy away from social interactions. Mm -hmm. And um, this is a case where people can use the, um, the concept of nonviolent communication and teach themselves with the help of um, a partner that will participate with them ideally can learn how to communicate compassionately. And that's the other name for nonviolent communication is compassionate communication. Mm -hmm. And they have an acronym related to this that teaches the four steps. And the acronym is OFNR, O-F-N-R. And the, the O stands for observe. And this is a, the, the book by Marshall Rosenberg teaches this high level listening, which is observing the other person who's communicating with you and listening intently and listening for how you think they feel. So rather than it being verbal banter and a one-upsmanship or a wound mate conversation, mm -hmm. right? You talked about wounds earlier and people tend to attract others that have the same wound. True. Oh yes, I was abused as a child. Mm -hmm. Let's go have a cup of tea. Well, isn't that a little bit like the, I mean, I, as a female, I sort of hate to say this, but isn't that like the Me Too movement in many respects? Yep. It is. It is. Yep. I have that. I have that wound. You had that wound. Mm -hmm. We're now wound mates and we can commiserate and talk about how wounded we are. But it doesn't fix anything, really. No, it makes it worse because it reinforces it. it. It reinforces the negativity with a positive, which is a relationship. Right. And so it's actually making it worse. But observing for feelings and, and with, without falling into the trap of being a wound mate mm -hmm. is very valuable. Right. Because most of the time, people are trying to communicate something about how they feel. And mm -hmm. so the, the F in oftener is the feelings. And then the N is needs. So after you say, if someone's communicating with you, you can reply back and it says, oh, it seems to me like you're feeling blank. You're feeling distressed. You're feeling frustrated. Okay. And then the person will tell you if that's the case. Well, no, it's not really that. It's, you know, I'm disappointed about this because I was hoping for this. And so I'm feeling disappointed. And then, you know, empathizing with that and saying then, wow, well, you know, maybe you need to do this. Or what do you think you need to do to change that feeling of disappointment? Mm -hmm. And so now you've directed the conversation to a solution that relates to a need. What, right. what do you need? Yeah. And then once, it, once a need might be identified, then you can move to the request. And so if in this conversation, 
it's appropriate and there's one party has a certain need, then the other one can say, well, you know, if you were to request of me to do this to help you, I probably could do that. Okay. Or you would say to the person, hey, I'd like to request that you and I go and do this so that it might help you to feel better and we'll go and, and have fun doing this and we'll talk to each other this afternoon, right? Now, these requests have to be reasonable. It can't be a request like, you will never ever say that again or you will never do that again. You know, the request needs to be more please pay more attention to my feelings and my needs. I'll do the same thing for you. Uh And let's make a reasonable request, right? And then you move towards a new state of being, which is a person whose awareness is elevated so that you become the type of person that's paying attention to others' feelings and needs including your own feelings and needs. And so that you be the person who can express your feelings and needs and make reasonable requests. And then this helps with social isolation because when you become skilled at compassionate communication, other people want to be around you because they feel good when they're around you. They feel better when they're around you. And so this is a very very, um, very effective way. It's not, I wouldn't say that it's easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But you can get um, Marshall Rosenberg's book, Nonviolent Communication. You can watch YouTube videos about it, and you can learn to do it and become very skilled at it. And it it works. One of the things that um, I have shared with other families, you know, with talking to children, for instance, or talking to one another that would fit in here is using what I refer to as journalistic techniques. And you ask questions that are based on what, when, where, who, and how, so that you stay away from why. Because a lot of times parents will ask a child, why did you do that? You know, that's a normal kind of a parental response. And the child is already thinking up the reason why they did it in a defensive tone. Um, you know, couples that argue, you know, the same thing. So if they can ask the question, you know, what made you think that was a good idea? And then don't say anything else. Or when did you arrive at that conclusion? Or, you know, how did that make you feel? But when you start doing the questions that way, and then just stop and let the other person respond, you can get into that feeling uh, identification, you know, with the person, they really feel like you are sincere at wanting to understand. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, another thing, Lucy, that can help people these days with, with mindset is, is focusing on gratitude Mm -hmm. in, in a, in a way that makes it really work. And, just saying, hey, I've got, you know, a gratitude journal, and I'm going to write down a few things here and there, or I'm going to express some gratitude. Mm -hmm. Usually, because people's attention span is not that long, it's very hard to think about something you're grateful for, 
for a long period of time. Right. And, and, you know, they say, Dr. Joe Dispenza says, the longer you, that you linger in gratitude for your anticipated future, right, the more you bring that new life to you. And so you want to, you want to be able to use the knowledge of limited attention span to create what, what I call a gratitude stack, right? Uh -huh. So a gratitude stack starts with, with something like, wow, I'm really um, grateful for this new opportunity that just came my way. And so you think about it for a minute and then you ask yourself, well, what am I most grateful for about this? Okay. And it might be, it's going to give me a chance to travel more with my job. So I'm really grateful about that. Well, what's so great about that? Why are you grateful to travel more? Well, because I really enjoy going to see new places, right? And it makes me feel alive, right? Okay. And so the next part in the stack might be, I'm so grateful for this life that God has given me, right? And, and ultimately, I am really grateful to be alive, right? I'm grateful to be alive. And so, and you want to linger for the longest possible extent in each place along the gratitude stack, because now you've lingered in gratitude for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. And the desires you have are attracted to that magnet of gratitude. And so if your desire is to have a mindset of optimism and positivity, and you're practicing, each time that you feel positive, that's when you want to celebrate, right? Um, oh, I'm so grateful that now I feel positive. You know, pump your fist, say yes, right? This is a celebration. And what we celebrate, we tend to get more of. And so as you execute a gratitude stack that culminates in, I'm grateful to be alive, that opens up a whole new world because the, that's the ultimate feeling that, that you're after is being grateful to be alive, right? And as you do, as you literally feel grateful to be alive, many things happen in your brain. Your, your neurochemistry changes, the piezoelectricity being produced by your pineal gland changes, your thalamic gate opens, your electromagnetic pulse that's coming from your heart muscle changes, and then you have a positive effect on other people. People that are grateful to be alive are projecting a PEMF that has a totally different quality than people who are not. Right. And you've walked into rooms where, you know, there's somebody who is kind of the negative Nelly. And, you know, you felt that energy. Uh, Disney, I think, learned that very early on when he created Disneyland and then Disney World. Um, and that's when you walk into those theme parks, it's pretty difficult not to be glad that you're alive because you've got sound, you've got colors, you've got images all around you that just make you smile. 
So if somebody is actually doing this technique, one thing that I would certainly recommend is it's like having a coloring book in your head. What colors do you want to use to express that happiness that you're feeling and that joy for being alive? You know, where do you want to go with your imaginary friends, you know, that are with you? Are you skipping? Are you putting your hand in water as you walk along? Are you hugging a tree? What, what are you doing that makes all of it come alive so that you're feeling it on every level? Um, and, you know, that's one of the recommendations that I do highly make to individuals is it can't be just the words. You have to engage your brain in that creative activity of what is this and what does it really look like? Yeah. Yep. What does it feel like mm -hmm. when I think about the color blue? Mm -hmm. Does it bring a smile to my face? Does it make my heart feel warm? Mm -hmm. And it's all, that's all very important. I think that the other thing that's that's really important, especially this day and age, Lucy, is for people to have pattern interrupts because there's so much negativity being cast upon us mm -hmm. from the media, et cetera, et cetera. Well, how do you do that? How do you do those pattern interrupts? So I would I would do it using um, the technique that BJ Fogg um, created it's called tiny habits so if you notice that you go into a bad mood whenever you sit down at your desk at the office going back to the previous example uh -huh. okay, then what you want to do is you want to have a some type of a reminder to do something different right so the tiny habits has its own acronym which is abc and the C is the celebration we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the B is the new behavior you desire. And the A is the action that occurred or they refer to as the anchoring event. So I sit down at my computer and I begin to feel anxiety. Here I am at work. I hate this, right? <laughs> and so you sit down. That's what, that's what, What's going to happen up until now and now you you identify this you be aware of it and then you take purposeful action with the b and the c all right so what would the b the new behavior be so instead of sitting at my computer and getting knots in my stomach and loathing the next eight hours that i have to be here working with these people i don't like right what am i going to do instead First thing you want to do is sink your breath. You want to breathe in and breathe out the same amount of time, right? About five seconds. And do this three or four times. And you might even want to make a motion with your hand, almost like a karate chop, <laughs> where you're going out with your out breath in with your in breath. And, and you want to hold your hand in this karate chop motion uh -huh. directly in front of your nose and in front of the middle of your chest so you're centering yourself with this motion and you're sinking your breath and then here's where you want to do a gratitude stack what am i grateful for about being here it provides money all right great what does that money do for you it helps me to buy groceries bring my children to disney world etc uh -huh. etc 
right? And so now you've reframed this experience into something that you're grateful for and then go about your work, okay? But remember, this is tiny habits, meaning you're going to do a little thing each day that creates a new stack, a new habit stack. And so you do make sure that you do this every time, meaning it's, um, you know, it's Monday. I'm going to do it on Monday. I'm getting up for lunch. I'm coming back to my desk at 1 p.m. And I'm going to make sure I do it again. And I'm going to do it on Tuesday morning and Tuesday at 1 p.m. And over time, the new you that you're creating, that you're envisioning, is someone being relaxed and happy at work. It's built over time. So this is the ABC tiny habit technique. I love that idea because I think anybody can actually learn to do that. And, you know, a lot of people are thrilled to have a job in today's world right now because COVID has eliminated so many. But, you know, they find stress in so many areas of their life, even if they're working, you mm -hmm. know, because they are not with family. They haven't seen family maybe for a year. Um, you know, they yep. can do the Zoom calls, but that's not the same as a hug or that's mm -hmm. not the same as spending face-to-face -face time with somebody that is a family member. So, yeah, I think the ABC of it, you know, helps you understand what to do. It's not just words. And how many times do you hear people say, well, just change your attitude and everything will be okay. And mm -hmm. it's so much more than that. It's, it's not just positive mental thinking. It's, you know, learning to have certain steps that take you where you want to go. Um, if you tell somebody that, you know, you're going to drive from here to, let's say, Green Bay, Wisconsin, see you in a few days. If you don't give them a map, they may or may not end up there in a few days, you know, because they're not exactly sure where Green Bay is and what roads mm -hmm. to take. And so this way you're providing, you know, a road, a path that will get them to where they actually want to go. Here's another one, Lucy, that people can use. And this, this one's a little more extreme. And it's called Clarity Through Contrast. So if you're sitting here in February of 2021 and you're not very optimistic about the year and you're in this constant state of depression and anxiety about what might happen and what's going to happen to you and your family. And do you, and, and this is a case where um, people get so depressed, they'll say, do I even want to do this anymore? Mm -hmm. okay. And so if you're asking yourself the question, do I even want to do this anymore? This is a good time to do clarity through contrast. You take a piece of paper and you make a line, draw a line down the middle, and you're going to put things on the left column and things on the right column. And use an extreme and say, okay, what if for the rest of this year or say the next four years, I was going to be in a prison camp? Okay. What would be what would it be like if I spent the next four years in a prison camp? And you would write things down like I would be emaciated, so I wouldn't be fed enough food. I would be poverty stricken. I would have no money at all. I would feel hopeless. 
right? And you make a list of all of these different things. And then you look to the right side of the page and you say, okay, so what if I wasn't in a prison camp, but instead I was living in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I went to a job every day, what would be different, right? So you look at the, the first one, emaciated, and you would say, I would be healthy. I would be, I would have enough food to eat, right? And you look at the next one, you say, I would be poverty stricken. Well, because you'd have zero money, right? So is that going to be the case if you are continuing on with your life? No, you're going to probably have plenty of money by the the gauge that you would use looking around the world and looking at what the average person has. <laughs> the average American, you know, has has a 15 to 1800 square foot home with two big screen TVs and one or two cars. <laughs> right. Right. And the average person in the world doesn't have that. Right. And so as you do this clarity through contrast, you begin to get the sense that things are not so bad after all. You really can look at this and go, wow, I think I really can be happy over this next year because look at all these things I do have and how much worse it could be, right? And so let's be grateful for what's right in front of your face that, that you have every day. Mm -hmm. Right. And then from that place, create. Right. So you can then flip the page over and say, in addition to all these great things, I now realize I have because I'm not in a prison camp. What am I going to create from that place of prosperity? What are my new desires for the future? And then begin to write those down. All right. And that's where you want to live your life. You want to live your life from a state of gratitude for the gifts of the present and from a joyful anticipation of the future. And that's that clarity through contrast is a really good exercise. You can also do it with the issue of relationships. So if you ask people, well, what do you want in a relationship? They have a hard time telling you but if you ask them what they don't want, they can easily tell you that. And so for a relationship activity, you can do clarity through contrast. Write down all the things that you don't want. I don't want somebody who's disrespectful. I don't want somebody who has an anger problem. I don't want somebody who drinks too much. I don't want somebody who's not interested in the outdoors, right? You list all these things you don't want, and you go to the other side, what's the opposite? And now you have a list of what you do want, right? Then you can tear off that left side, throw it away, and look at every one of the things you listed that you do want, and use your color idea, Lucy. What if a person that I, a new person that I met to be, have a relationship with, was like this, was respectful, what color would it be, right? And you'd say, well, no color comes to mind. Well, close your eyes and wait until it does because mm -hmm. it will come, right? right? Yeah. And then 
and what are you to doing together that's fun yep. and you know just paint the whole picture right. now you paint the whole picture now i would take it a step further which is an exercise called how to attract attract someone you don't yet know hmm. okay and as you make this list you then imagine a translucent bubble that's out in front of you, like a really big bubble that a child has done with blowing bubbles uh -huh. and you can see through it. And imagine this person in front of you taking shape and you get to design what they look like and you get to assign these characteristics to them. And you can even have a conversation with them, right? <laughs> and then once it's complete, you give it a blessing, ask for God to bless the being that's in this bubble and then release it and let the bubble float away out of the building and out into the sky, right? And give gratitude as if this person has already come and found you. And this is where you want to use a gratitude stack because why? The longer you linger in gratitude, the more you draw your new life to you. And this doesn't have to be done with a person that you're trying to attract as perhaps a romantic relationship or a husband or wife. It can be done for any purpose. And I'll tell you a little story, Lucy. I did this once with a man who was working with me at my nephew's mortgage company many years ago. And we decided we needed to meet someone we didn't yet know that would help us with a certain type of financing. And so we did this bubble exercise. We made a picture of the person. We assigned all the characteristics. We released the bubble. The next morning, I said to my colleague, why don't you go downtown and start going to the coffee shops? Because the person we need to meet is going to be in one of the coffee shops. <laughs> and sure enough, he met this man. We'll give his initials R, RM. And he said, hey, you're telling me about your friend Bob. Why don't you get Bob and come back tomorrow and I will bring my friend who I think would be able to help you guys. And his initials are AL. So, and this is a true story. So sure enough, brings him. We have a conversation. Turns out that the person that he introduced me to really needed some help at, right at that moment. And so I gave him the specific help that he needed because I, asked him what he needed. And within three or four days, he met another person that he did not yet know that hired him to work for him. And it turns out the person that hired him was a perfect consultant for me and another business partner hmm. who ended up helping us create Boomers Forever Young. Isn't that okay? interesting? Right. Now, fast forward a little bit. The original person that we first met that first day at the coffee shop moves 
from Florida out to another state. And it so happens that there was another man that lived there right when he moved, but he was at a conference in San Diego. And because of the second man that we met that got the job, he was at a conference in San Diego at the same conference where this other person was that lived right in the neighborhood of the guy that moved to Colorado. And it <laughs> turns out he was actually terminally ill. And I can't go into the details, but I received a phone call saying, hey, I'm in San Diego. Can you help this man? Which we did. That was eight years ago. The man is still alive. He's completely recovered. And he's been working on a farm as a farmer doing physical labor now. And I decided I was going to introduce this farmer to the original person that we met at that coffee shop because they lived in the same part of this other state. They became best of friends and they actually purchased property together and merged their families together. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to stop there because we're almost done for the day, but that story keeps going. It keeps on going. And that was from one bubble exercise that was blessed. See, this is the thing. When you send the bubble out, you send it with a benediction, a prayer, right? And the prayer being that all good things will come of this. And so the ripple effect in the field from such an exercise can be profound to the point where it can actually save somebody's life. Right. So it's not just a cute exercise, you know, oh, okay, Bob, a bubble. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. It's a profound intervention into the field of all possibilities with a stated desire. Right. And then you have to give gratitude. So while the bubble is floating out into the universe is when you do your gratitude stack. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're grateful for this already having occurred and you linger in gratitude, which powers the content of the bubble with a very special energy that makes it manifest. It's the emotion, the feeling, the gratitude mm -hmm. that facilitates the manifestation and the exercise of the creation of the person or the event or the thing or the state of mind that you want. That's the digital part. And that tells the field what it is that you're looking for, what you want. But it's the emotion, it's the gratitude for the anticipation of it already occurring that's done in a lingering strategy, a gratitude stack that gives rise to the manifestation. I, uh, I certainly believe that. And I think that there's, <clears throat> and the word that I would probably insert there someplace is that you have intention. Um, you know, that, that it isn't being just said lightly, but it's being said with intention and then followed by gratitude. Mm -hmm. um, because I think sometimes people don't believe they deserve it. And so therefore, when they say, this is what I want, and they insert it into the bubble, 
it doesn't happen because of that belief system that we talked about earlier in the show, you know, the limiting yeah. belief that they have. And so if you've kind of done all of this exercise with changing that limiting belief and then using this gratitude stack and understanding that it's done with intention and with gratitude to send it out into the universe, I think the universe gives us whatever we desire as long as it understands you know, what we desire. Uh, we have to be very clear sometimes yep. about that. And then have faith. I would follow that up with saying, be careful what you ask for, <laughs> because yeah. sometimes you get what you ask for and you went, oh, I didn't know it meant that too. <laughs> yeah. so. You're going to get what you ask for, whether you want it or not. So, <laughs> right. But well, you were talking about this, Lucy, the word yeah. comes to my mind is faith. Mm -hmm. You got to have faith that it's that it's going to work, and you don't want this to be a casual experiment. This mm -hmm. this is a solemn pronouncement to the universe. Mm -hmm. Right? It's a prayer. It is. You're making a prayer to God with this pronouncement of your desire, and expressing your gratitude for God's generosity. That's what makes the difference. Mm -hmm. I think and it does. The last thing I was going to say is we see a lot also. We get a lot of people that call our office for help with their physical health and their nutrition. And as you can imagine, the myriad of, you know, issues are just all over the board. Sure. And but quite often people that are sick or don't feel well or feel tired are not very happy. It's a little difficult to feel happy when you are physically run down and you're dragging yourself out of bed and you're dragging yourself around. So right. one of the things that we, we know is that if we can help people with their nutrition, they will get more energy and they will become more optimistic because if you can bounce out of bed in the morning because you're feeling healthy, then guess what? It's very easy to move from there to say, wow, this is, this is going to be a great day. I feel great. Right. But if you are, you know, literally dragging yourself out of bed because you have to, that's you're not really thinking that this day is going to be great. But if you can bounce out of bed, it's like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be a great day. Then you're happier. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not far from that to say, hey, I'm walking to my car to get ready to drive to work and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy wow, listen to the beautiful birds chirping. Look right. at look at the beautiful trees. Wow, everything seems beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not dragging yourself to your car with your head down. You right. actually have your head up when you feel happy and healthy. Right. And it's not far from, hey, look at this beautiful creation, uh, these birds and stuff, to, wow, isn't God great that he created such a beautiful world for us to live on? Right. right? Right. I'm happy to be alive. Right? Right. And now you're compounding your optimism that can literally begin with, with a microgram of vitamin D3, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That can make you start to feel more energetic and happy. And that's right. one of the best parts of Boomers Forever Young for us is the, the, um, appreciation that we feel and the satisfaction that we get from all the testimonials and reports of how people have become happier, more productive, and more alive once they get the right nutrition into their body. That's, that's really very true because 
if you can't get out of bed easily or if you're always falling asleep or want to lay down, it's pretty difficult to have the energy to think much beyond just surviving. You know, so finding happiness or doing a gratitude stack would be very difficult for most people. So yeah, it's, it does certainly begin with how you feel physically. And I know the Boomer products do make a huge difference in that regard. They do. Well, thank you. Um, this hour always flies and it did again. And so I appreciate you being my guest. Um, I know that we'll be talking, you know, sometime in the not too distant future. And uh, I understand that you have a podcast up and running. So would you like to tell people where to find you? Yes. Yeah, so our new podcast is right now it's on our website and it is called liveforeveryoungradio.com. And very soon, within a week's time, it'll be up on all the podcast platforms. And um, if you, but right at the moment, you can actually watch the podcast we've already produced at that website, liveforeveryoungradio.com. Thank you, Lucy. Okay, well, that's an exciting new endeavor that you're up doing as well. So um, just, uh, you know, again, thank you immensely for being my guest again today. And I just want to remind everybody to, you know, check out the website. You can get there through www.boomerboost.com. And if you do decide to order any products, use my name, L-U-C-Y, in the promo code and you're going to get $5 off of your order. And Bob, um, have a wonderful remainder of your week and we'll talk Thank again you. soon. Everybody go out there and make this your very best life. Thanks so much. See you next week. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.